everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Disorganized Religion Podcast, the DRP. Derp. <laughs> I'm still struggling with the derp. Gets him every time. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's a privilege to once again share with you a little bit of time here talking about all things uh, church, religion, and culture in general. So um, again, I'm joined as always by my trusty companions. Eric Johnson here at Heritage Adult Discipleship and Online Content. And Deshaun Jones on the ministerial staff at Mount Olive AME. Yeah, we should actually like switch it up some and give like other random facts about us each time. <laughs> like, that would be good. I am uh, Aries and I enjoy walks to the beach and yeah, I don't know, that wouldn't be funny, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm a Libra and I like Disney. Well, I got to say... By the way, gotta... Deshaun, oh. just... Pre- uh, preached here at Heritage last Sunday. I thought it was amazing. Crushed it. Yep. Had great reviews. I always tell my guest preachers to do as as well as they can without preaching better than me. And he was not at all willing to comply with that. <laughs> he was really, really good. And so now I have to improve. So thanks for nothing there, buddy. No, really, seriously, Deshaun did great work uh, leading us in worship this past Sunday. Even with a broken AC at the 9 o'clock service, which I soldiered through there. So, well done. But uh, he actually heads back to the nation's capital for college tomorrow. Yeah. Right? Is that right? Really? Wow. So, uh, I'm going to have some Deshaun withdrawal, uh, I guess. (laughs) Figure out some kind of technical way to zoom him in to our our stick here somehow. Uh, Some kind of technological magic that we can make that happen. But... uh, uh, and he's going to D.C., going to college, uh, not having anything to do with the government. <laughs> <laughs> but still, do your best to go up there and make some things happen and make it better. Yeah. We, we're counting on you. Do my best. So, do it. Uh, well, so I feel like it would be a uh, missed opportunity to begin this week's podcast without getting into at least a quick wrap-up of the Olympics. Uh, Ooh, it's kind of, kind of the biggest... <laughs> Deshaun, a huge fan of the Olympics. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's kind of the thing that consumes the world for a couple of weeks, right? Um, usually it's a time when the whole world comes together around sports. I think we were still divided on a lot of things <laughs> uh, while we were trying to watch the sports. but uh, And without anybody in the stands, it was really weird. weird to have nobody yeah. in the stands, yeah. yeah. I wonder, I mean, Tokyo did a, you know, a pretty good job of having the Olympics, but... Yeah. I mean, they must have lost money on it. Oh my gosh! So, yeah, I hope there's some mechanism. Well, to they like... say every Olympics loses money, um, but they must have been particularly in the whole. But I think the Olympics sell tickets, you know. But the Olympics does like pay them to like build some of the stuff, right? Like I have no idea. Oh. Works, but, yeah, because <laughs> then they get to keep the stuff, like like right. the uh, Atlanta the Stadium that they built for the Olympics. Like they then get to keep that, right? <laughs> Use it for the Braves. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, um, the yeah, I mean, having no people travel there had to be a real killer to what Hotels, they were hoping. Hotels, yeah. yeah. tickets for venues, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so thanks anyway to the folks in Tokyo for doing the Olympics anyway, even though um, it wasn't not, not nearly what they'd hoped. Um, still has some cool memories. Uh, I gotta say, the highlight for me was uh, seeing a Haran. In the Olympics, score some goals in oh, women's in soccer. Women's soccer, yeah. No relation. Uh, I mean, no. Re- I mean, there must be some relation somewhere. 
we all go back to the was it County Galloway in Ireland back in the back in the uh, you know home country. <laughs> we almost come from from one Haran family somewhere. Although I think we were like O'Hanrahans or something like that, and it kind of got trimmed down. Yeah, when they um, come to America, it was it was nice to hear the announcers say it right, because because of that guy from One Direction, everyone says Horan, which is not how you say it. At least not how we how you're supposed to say it. So as a soccer, it was like I was watching the gold medal game between it was Canada and Sweden, correct? Mm-hmm. And it went to penalty kicks. What's your um, what's your stand on? Penalty kicks deciding outcomes and gold medals. Uh, to me, as a non-real soccer fan, it seemed like a not a good way to end a game soccer. for a gold medal. Yeah, I mean, it basically comes down to: Do you want a team to win just because of the sheer exhaustion of everyone, and finally people are you know just cannot even run anymore, and then someone finally scores, right. or do you want some competitive thing to finish it off? I think that, you know, soccer has struggled enough to have people who are willing to, like, watch it, especially in the U.S. when there's so little scoring. It's a long game. It's a long game. Not a whole lot of scoring. There aren't a lot of stats accumulated, you know, like, so, like, assists and goals and saves. Other than that, it's hard to accumulate stats like we do. Minutes on the field, maybe. Yeah. Um, so it's like someone who watches sports in America, like watching baseball, there's stats for everything. Yeah. You know, you know how often this guy is able to get out... Uh, left-handed batters at night, you know? <laughs> yeah, it gives the commentator something to talk about <laughs> right. between the action. Right. Right. Yeah, so uh, so I think, you know, the, the shootout adds this super-duper, like, layer of excitement to the end of the game that wouldn't normally be there if you're just, you know, waiting for a ball, ball to finally get in on, like, eighth overtime. Right. Um, so I, I don't... Yeah, I mean, you, you want probably a team to, like, earn it from just playing playing soccer. Um, But at the same time, I mean, the U.S. lost a game on one penalty kick that was a terrible call, in my opinion. (laughs) I mean, this this one girl is kicking the ball out of bounds to to clear it away from our goal. Their player gets in the way of the kick, gets kicked in the penalty box, and got a penalty shot and scored, and we lost one to nothing, right? Right. So, I mean, penalty kicks in general are kind of a rough rough (laughs) piece of the the whole game. Um, But in the absence of knowing what else to do, I think that's the least bad option. But it is pretty exciting. And, you know, when a goalkeeper makes a save, I'm especially excited, of course, for them. That's good stuff. Yeah. But, um, All right, so soccer for you. Soccer for me, yeah. Soccer. An equally exciting sport in in most of the minds of American viewers. My favorite sport is swimming. But that's because I'm intimately involved in it. Having been a swimmer, um, I started swimming when I was 10 years old. Uh, swim all the way through high school and college, and now my son um, is a swimmer um, and Olympic hopeful. So um, Huge. we might be going to Paris in three years. No pressure. Um, and I've gotten into swim coaching. So for me, it's um, watching the Olympic swimmers was was really cool. Uh, we were in Houston for most of it because my son was at a AAU swim meet, and the. All the kids wanted to rush back, like after the, because they would swim in the evening. They wanted to rush back in time to see, you know, the swimming events, because um, they were one of the one things that were live too. They were, you know, eight thirty every night. Um, so yeah, watching guys like Caleb Dressel and 
Um, so it's a full Bobby tw- Fink and it's, it's, some it's of a full twelve hours. It's a full twelve hours off, right? Yeah. So so you're so to watch at eight thirty at night means it's happening at eight thirty in the morning over correct. there. Correct. Yeah. 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 So they were swimming their finals, their the, the final races for medals and stuff in the mornings. Um, and there was some local talent there. Um, uh, Bobby Fink from Spa and uh, Wyant from Sarasota. So we were rooting for, you know, some of those local. Uh, swimmers um, and my son just got to meet Bobby Fink yesterday, so that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, so yeah, so I was I was excited about the swimming stuff. Yeah, swimming is super exciting. Like you got a lot of close finishes, and the relays are cool. I like watching the relays. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's good TV also. Deshaun, what is what is the least bad sport for you to watch? <laughs> Olympics. <laughs> Um, I'd say the track, uh, track events. Yeah. I, I like there were some good run. ones too yeah. this year. Yeah. I've always wondered how someone gets into the, what is the one where you, you throw the, the heavy ball from like shot your neck? Shot the shot put. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wondered what gets someone into that one. I, I did shot put. Did you really? School. Yeah. It was really fun. Uh, so I, I like that event the most. So, like, so event. when you're young, like what makes you go? I'm gonna try throwing this huge heavy ball. <laughs> one of the field, tra- one like one of the field coaches just like looks at you, probably like examines your body type and like, oh, you could throw the ball. And <laughs> so that's usually what happens. The coach there. says, "You're not a runner, <laughs> so we're gonna move you to the field events Basically. instead of the track events. And then we're gonna find gonna one. <laughs> you look really strong. We're gonna yeah. try." Shot put and javelin. Did they do javelin in high school? I don't know. Um, not at mine, but like they do in high school, like for public schools. That'd be dangerous to have the young That's kids. That's why I was asking, <laughs> handing teenagers long spears. But. I saw this one terrible video one time of someone doing the javelin and then like threw it and it like stuck into a referee's shoulder. Oh. <laughs> it's like, the one that's really the there's like a isn't there one that's like a chain? Like there's like a ball on a chain and they yeah. Oh yeah, what is that called? I have no idea. Yeah, like they swing it around. Yeah. Is it the hammer throw? Hammer throw, that's what it is, yep. So, yeah, watching the women run, I mean, the women's sprinters, they were amazing. Um, all those women from Jamaica and the U.S. And, yeah. Um, that guy from Norway on the the 400-meter hurdles, I mean, he just, in that last, like, 50 meters, looked like he was cranking it. Um, so, yeah, it's just some amazing, amazing stuff. And you know what's really cool about the Olympics I is the is the uh, human interest stories that they always do, like in between the events, you know, and you, and you hear about um, the adversity and the training and particularly this Olympics because they all had to like postpone their Olympics for a whole year. So they had to like, you know, restart their training or re-gear their training or they couldn't train. And Speaking of, speaking of stories in, in the Olympics, I would love to know how many of the Olympic events were started as dares by drunk people. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, like the shot put. Like, how, didn't some guys walk out of a bar and go, I can throw this further than you can? <laughs> or the hammer. You know, probably there's a guy up there on a roof trying to need any hammer and they, oh, I can't get it up there. Maybe you can get it up there. Yeah, I don't know. I just. Some well, of these events are really strange. like they might have been weapons of war. Like, or, or, was, was the shot put like, <laughs> the really, shot a, like, like a, really a cannonball? Yeah, cannonball. <laughs> right? And, and a couple of Navy sailors all got... I bet you the I cannon's not working. This, <laughs> this <laughs> Javelin. You know. That's true. Maybe it was all... Hammer yeah, throw. Probably, yeah. probably true. 
<laughs> but, but yeah, so I definitely I agree. The the uh, the Olympics athletes that got there this time went through a whole lot to get there. Yeah. So it made me wonder, um, and perhaps we can talk about this a little bit. So uh, most of those stories, and and when you talk to the athletes, they would they would say how much that adversity may have helped them in this case, how much it may have. Um, contributed to their success right and and going through all the training and the delays and so, you know they would ask them well did this year of covid did it help your training or hurt your training and a lot of them you know said it helped you know because they had an extra year to to work on it but it also made it harder because it was an extra year of you know going through that um so i just wondered um uh and to to bring this around to a to a faith angle do, does that adversity make us stronger? Does God allow adversity in our lives to help us to grow, to help us to become better or cause athletes? Uh, or does it help us to become better disciples by putting us through adversity? Are we better equipped when we come through that to do whatever God has called us to well, do? Let me ask you a question. So as a coach, do you do things to make the events harder in practice? So that it's not as not that hard when they're actually competing. Absolutely. So there there are definitely training techniques. There's resistance training. There's weight training. There's um, swimming. In swimming, particularly, we swim with um, you know resistance cords and parachutes and drag suits and stuff that that make the act of swimming harder. So that when you do it in a competition, you're faster and stronger. Yeah. And so the stu- the so the players or the swimmers hate you during that <laughs> yes <laughs> and and they may only race you know 50 meters right which right. only takes 30 seconds but at training we'll, you know, we'll train for two hours you know and they'll and they'll swim a whole lot farther than 50 meters you know they'll swim 5,000 meters in two hours so that when they go they only have to swim 50 you know and go fast so what was the new the new the new length this year in the olympics like 1500 so they added the 1,500 meters for women. It was and they, forever. Yeah, and they added the 800 meters for uh, men. So in previous Olympics, it was 800 for females and 1,500 for males. Because wow. I guess back then we thought females couldn't swim 1,500 meters, which is Probably absurd. <laughs> yeah. Katie Ledecky clearly can. Yeah, clearly yeah. Um, so. but, you know, It's a good, good question, though. You know, And so you look at, uh, at, a, at a coach right, who intentionally makes it harder for the players because you know that'll make them better when they compete. Right. Um, is, it, is it unreasonable to say that God might make something harder for us in order to refine us for when we need you know, to actually spring into action in some way? Um, I, don't know, I, I don't know what your take would be on that one. What do you think? Um, I don't think it'd be unreasonable say that um you know there are great verses in the bible that talk about how the testing of our faith you know causes us to to be stronger um in our belief in god and our trust Uh, so i don't think it's unreasonable to think that maybe god would um allow things like that to happen i guess that's where it gets funny cause or allow cause or allow yeah (laughs) because i don't think we like to think about god as you know this person uh is this being that you know causes us to suffer uh but i definitely know like i definitely believe that god allows us 
to suffer in so many ways because we, we do suffer. And so I guess that's the, I think that's the line you have to draw, like where, when is it God causing pain or when is it God allowing suffering? And I think, you know, the, the story of Job is one of those where you have to look at it and say, did God allow Job to be tested or did God cause Job to be tested? Um, and that conversation between God and Satan at the beginning is just like, you, you can't really draw a definitive line there. So I think the scriptures, especially the ones where you have Satan involved, right? Like those are really fascinating to me when, uh, so like in Job's case, you know, and I mean, in that story, it's not entirely clear that it's Satan. It, it, it says it's the adversary, right. which actually was a, it was a job that people had in royal courts and kings in, in the times of kings where it would be like the devil's advocate person who would like, in order to help them make a better decision, would bring Put up all the, the possible objections, objections right? right? right. Uh, so that's who you have there. We've sort of made it a Satan, over, I think, over the years. Yeah. But either way, um, there, there are limits that God puts around what can happen to the person, right? Um, same thing with, uh, you know, in the New Testament, Jesus says, Peter... Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you, right? So it's, it's this odd dynamic where there's like a request made that God has to approve, Yeah. you know? Um, now that's, that's obviously reading into it. The writers aren't trying to explain to us the dynamic between God and Satan. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's us just purely, you know, theorizing on that. Um, but, but, but I think the, the real important question to wrestle with is, is the, is the causing versus allowing? Yeah. I mean, how many people have you heard say, well, I went through this, but it was, it was so that this, yeah. right? Uh, and, and I mean, let's be honest, the Bible says flat out that there are times when, you know, this bad thing happened. So yeah. this, th right. you know, and um, Jesus even says like, you know, about God testing, you know, and, you know, I mean, so, we we um, we like you said we don't want to believe that God would cause these things. The Bible kind of says that He does, yeah. right? So that's the challenge: is what do we do with that? Um, and there are people who would say the reason that they're not followers of Jesus Christ or don't want nothing to do with the church or God or anything is the whole idea that God might cause cancer in order to yeah. cause some other refining thing to happen. Um, and so it's it's one of those areas that there's not a clean answer to it. Um, the, the, you know, there are some voices out there who would say, well, uh, if it happened, it was God's plan. Yeah. And so the, the assumption is that everything happens, good, bad, or indifferent, all of it God caused, every single ounce of it, and that all of it happens within God's. Now, that, that obviously isn't the Methodist way. We, we see it differently than that. Uh, we see it as God inviting people to continue to walk through those those fires and those refining experiences towards him. And he's always inviting, 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 giving us free will, the chance, to, the choice to get, walk towards him or away. Uh, and, you know, those things, I mean, like the athletes all said, like those things are refining. Yeah. Um, I, I think it requires you to kind of just wrestle with the different wills of God. You know, God's decorative will, God's permissive will. I think once you, you I, I guess, once you reconcile the will of God, um, I, I, th I think so much of the conversation shifts after you've gone through something. I, and I think, that's, I think that's where we learn the most, and I think that's where we grow the most, is on the other side of suffering. Well, 
how did this help me? Or how did this strengthen me? Or what did I learn about God in this trial? Or what did I learn about myself in this trial? So I think on the other side of it, I think we see that there's a lesson, there was a point, and there was even a benefit kind of in, in the struggle. And so I, 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 I guess I think we can sometimes get too hung up on, you know, why is it happening or what caused it? Um, because like just like the athletes, you know, like they've had their different uh, struggles and things that have gone on in their lives. But then they, they look at it after they've competed and they're like, well, I was a better person because of it. I was a better athlete because of it. And I'm here in this position as an Olympic um, athlete today because of it. And it's so easy also to to see those same things as as excuses. That's true. Like I I didn't go to the Olympics because of this pandemic, right? And who's going to argue with you? Like, yeah, that was terrible. That's right. <laughs> um, and so I think there's something to be said for, uh, you know, the the whole idea of seeing those events not as not as things that God put there on purpose, but since God is constantly calling us to walk towards him in good times and bad, we have the choice. Do we walk through it and take the refining? And even I've heard that, you know, the, the ultimate measure of maturity in, in your faith is to walk through the fire and give thanks for it while you are, because you know, this is refining you, right? I'm not sure I'm there. <laughs> I, you know, that's, that's a, a level yeah. I've not quite reached, but um, I haven't run into any swimmers who are that, <laughs> Thank you for making me wear this parachute while I swim. <laughs> right, um, but yeah, do, do I um, do I walk through it, knowing it's going to hurt, knowing that it's going to refine me, or do I see this? Okay, I'm not doing that. And frankly, I think people will understand if I tell them I'm not going to do it because that's going to be too hard for me. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. But that's what ends up separating the. And bringing out the you know the gold medalist from the right from the thousands of people who would love to have been there, but at some point along the way, for whatever reason, you know couldn't you know couldn't get there. So wasn't it Kobe Bryant who said, uh, "You may be better than me, but you will never outwork me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that kind of thing, right? That kind of thinking, like, doesn't matter. I'm gonna walk through. Every challenge, I'm gonna run through every wall that is in front of me. I'm gonna do the work. Yeah, and Michael Phelps, you know, he's he's quoted as saying something to the effect of, "If you want to be the best, you got to be willing to go through what nobody else is willing to go through." You know, so that's to get to that level of of competition, you got to be willing to do what nobody else is willing to do. So, and greats like Kobe and LeBron and Tom Brady and you know Simone Biles. I mean, they all do. What nobody else is willing to do. Yeah, and maybe that's the narrowness of the gate that they talk about in scripture, right? <laughs> is who's really willing to walk through it? Yeah. Eh, when you see what's really in, involved in walking through it, <laughs> some people say thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> um, and I think that equates to our faith too. Like the the longer you go down that road towards sanctification, the the harder it gets. You know, and there's some people that you know take a little break for a while on the road to say, you know, I know I need to prune that from my life, but I'm not really ready to give that up yet, you know, and mm-hmm. just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hold right here on my path toward discipleship for a while until I'm, you know, until I can get to, you know, giving that up. 
It's a good topic for another day. Would be to think about, uh, you know, the the things you take on, the responsibilities you take on to walk through those fires, uh, to 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 do the things that it takes, uh, versus the freedom you feel by taking them on. You know, because um, there is something freeing about that sanctification journey, right? The farther you go, there is so much more to gain than it costs you ultimately. Um, but but still, it's still a, a price to pay for... Uh, well, that sounds like a teaser for part two, maybe, of this podcast. Could be, yeah. So, you don't want to miss that. So, <laughs> make sure you come on back for part two, or whatever episode we're on. <laughs> part two of this one. Right. But guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us today on the Disorganized Religion Podcast, the DRP, or the... Dirt. Catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks. See ya.